Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, it's wild and woolly Wednesday. All content, uh, no binders or uh, fillers. Okay, all right. Yeah. Joe's a little excited today, as we can tell. <laughs> yes. I think oh, Joe knows no. we found some more stuff. I'm telling you, we're putting the pieces together. <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah, man. And I think uh, watching all these different shows and listening to Devin Nunes last night oh. drop a couple more tactical nukes on the battlefield. It's all coming together, folks. Don't miss a second of today's show. Wish me luck, by the way. I'm headed out to Los Angeles um, to go get my stem cells injected okay. in my joints again. Good luck, buddy. Um, you know, it, it helps. Thank you, man. I appreciate mm. it. My arthritis is acting up. So I'll let you guys and ladies know how it works. <laughs> I know a lot of you are interested in the whole stem cell thing. Worked for me in the past. I'm going to try another joint now. I'm becoming like the $6 million man, except I'm not nearly as strong like or as good looking. The $6 million right. pin cushion. There we go. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Oh. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Simply Save. Hey, alarm. Uh, the willies, the heebie-jeebies, padding. Oh, yeah. We're a dozen different words for fear. You know that, right? Yeah. But just one for exceptional home security. That is Simply Safe. We love Simply Safe. We use Simply Safe. Simply Safe is home security that knows it feels good to fear less. No one wants to fear their home security. You don't want to be fearful of that. This is award-winning 24-7 protection that protects your home through it all. Blizzards, blackouts, and burglars, the three Bs. Simply Safe has won awards from all the tech experts that count. The Verge calls it the best home security. Listen, I know security. This is what I did for a living. Simply Safe is a great system. It won the Reader's Choice uh, uh, Reader's Choice Award from PC Magazine, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award and a wire cutter top pick. Simply Safe has no contract. They don't need them. No hidden fees and no gotchas. And they always keep their prices fair and honest. Thanks to Simply Safe, fear has no place in uh, fear has no place in the home. Try Simply Safe with free shipping and free returns. You get a 60-day risk-free trial too. Order now and you'll have your home protected within a week. Go to Simply Safe. That's simply with an I, by the way. S-I-M-P-L-I. S-A-F-E, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino to get started. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Be sure they know who sent you. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Get your home secure. Put fear to bed. Get Simply Safe. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. All right, let's go. As predicted yesterday on the show, to reiterate that you are not wasting your time here, what did we say yesterday, Joseph? We said that the FBI and the Central Intelligence Agency, notably John Brennan and Jim Comey, two hacks involved in this uh, conspiracy to try to take down the Trump team, that they would begin to turn on each other. Yes, now. I could go back and bore you to death. And we actually, you know, we actually did think about doing it. We're like, do we play cuts from yesterday's show? And I said, nah, we don't need it. You believe me. You've been, you can go back and listen to yourself and don't waste your time. But just know this on yesterday's show, I said to you, it is only a matter of moments before Brennan and Comey start to turn on each other. Why? Now, I'm going to play a cut in a minute, but 
I will summarize what I discussed yesterday at length. If you want a full recount, you can listen to yesterday's show, number 979. The CIA, John Brennan, had this intelligence from Steele. They didn't launder. They didn't vet. It did not come through official channels. John Brennan essentially had gossip from Christopher Steele paid for by Hillary. This gossip, this the PP tape and all this other stuff was garbage, and Brennan knew it. That's right. If he trusted the information, Joe, he would have vetted it through the channels. That's what right. does he do? He passes it on to other folks. He passes it on, likely, people or people around him to the media. They leak it. Steele leaks it to the media. They then use the media reports. Brennan goes and briefs. This is really important. Brennan goes and briefs politicians up on Capitol Hill, who then push the FBI to investigate based on this Hillary paid for gossip, PP tape stuff, and Carter Page stuff. Nonsense, right? Right. Brennan knows he did this. Yeah. But people in the FBI were not sure that the information that came from the CIA and the media leaks came from the CIA. We have Lisa Page's own testimony that's redacted, but let's just say I have a good idea what's underneath those redactions. And Lisa Page clearly tells Congressman Mark Meadows, Lisa Page, an FBI lawyer, that she is unsure and, quote, not aware that this information they got had come from the same source. The information they get from the CIA, they think, is confirming the information the FBI is getting from Steele. Be clear on this. This is important because when I play this video, it'll make all the sense in the world. The FBI is getting the same gossip from Steele. They get this letter from Capitol Hill about the same information, and they think it's corroboration. It's not. It's from the same source. But they don't know that, and Brennan's not honest about it. So the Bureau, I told you, especially Jim Comey, is going to say, hey, you guys verified this, right? Remember yesterday's yeah. show? And their comeback, Jim Comey's going to be like, hey, the CIA told us this, John Brennan. We thought it was coming from a different source, and it was verified. Brennan, now that he's caught trafficking and gossip as the Central Intelligence Agency director, and even worse, paid for by Hillary, from a discredited source, Brennan's going to say, hey, man, not my problem. I washed (laughs) my hands of it. I gave it to the criminal investigators, the FBI. They're investigators, right? They were supposed to vet this stuff, not me. Reminds me of the Beavis and Butthead episode. You remember Mr. Anderson? They always get caught doing stuff by Mr. Anderson, and they get caught doing it, and they're like, it wasn't us. It was other kids. You do a good Beavis. It was other kids. This is going to be Brennan. It wasn't me. It was other kids. Comey did it. As if on cue. As if on cue. My wife was cooking a delicious rice, ground beef, potatoes, vegetables meal for me last night to fill up my never-ending black hole of a stomach because I eat like a monster. We're watching television. And I see this cut. I don't watch MSNBC, but I see this cut of Brennan on MSNBC being played on Fox. And I said, Paula, what did I tell you? Here it is. It went through a rigorous due process within the Department of Justice, the FBI. It was approved by the FISA court. It went through all of those steps. What they're trying to do is to uncover something that they will misrepresent as being part of this deep state effort to try to undermine Donald Trump's election. (laughs) What did I tell you? What? Ding, 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 ding. What did I say? Did we not nail that? Again, I, I, yeah. I listen, it's dumb. I, I I rarely, rarely play my own cuts. We've only done it about four or five times. 
Because I can just repeat it myself. Listen to yesterday's show. I told you they were going to do this. Now, there's a reason. There is a reason they're turning on each other now. That I will elaborate on it is not in yesterday's show. I told you Brennan was going to say exactly that. Yeah. Wasn't my fault. The FBI has an elaborate process, man. This went to the courts. Why didn't they catch it? This guy's the Central Intelligence Agency director. There's a process for vetting intelligence. Can you imagine, Joe, if this is the standard now? We'll call it the Beavis and Butthead standard. Well, me. It was other kids. If that's the standard at the CIA, let me give you a scenario so you understand how ridiculous what John Brennan's position is now. I just gave them the gossip. It was their job. Can you imagine... John Brennan walking into President Obama, sitting in a National Security Council type setting. They're sitting there, and John Brennan has information mm. that the Chinese are getting ready to launch an EMP attack on the East Coast to take out our electrical grid. Everybody's like, oh my gosh. Let's get the nuclear triad activated. Let's get them. Let's put the Chinese on notice. Let's up the DEFCON level. The media starts reporting, war, World War III, pending. And then Brennan comes in the next day and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, a rival political campaign who was just trying to make Joe Biden look like an idiot just made that up from an opposition researcher who heard it from a guy, who heard it from a guy, who was in the Chipotle ordering uh, extra guac on his stuff, and he heard the guy behind the <laughs> counter saying, man, I'm really worried about the CMP stuff. Everybody would be like, huh? <laughs> what? 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 But but don't worry. It was the FBI's job to vet it, bro. I don't use the word bro, bruh, bruh. B r u h. Are you kidding me? You start the biggest spying investigation on a presidential political candidate in American history. You brief the Gang of Eight on Capitol Hill on it, and your excuse later is my bad. What's the name of the idiots? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh. Monarch of the imbecile. Lord of the, of the idiots. <laughs> King of the morons. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude. I told you this was going to happen. And yeah. if, as if on cue, he goes on Nicole Wallace's show on MSNBC and does exactly what I told you was going to happen. Now, wait for part two. Ah. Comey, it's coming, it's coming soon, is going to start to turn on Brennan soon, too. You're already seeing Rosenstein turn on Comey. They're all, for all of you out there who send me emails, I get this on Twitter a lot. You know, our, our, the numbers on these shows have been amazing. The audience has grown. Joe knows this just yeah, geometrically, man. and I deeply, sincerely appreciate your support. But once in a while on Twitter, I get an air do well like, you know, Dan, I'm tired of the story. Nothing's happening. Okay, dude, whatever. No, nothing's happening. Don't worry about it. McCabe and Baker under criminal investigation. Rosenstein's turning on Comey. Brennan's turning on Comey. Comey's flipping out on TV, looking like a complete maniac, taking pictures in the woods like this. <laughs> no, no, nothing's happening. Don't worry. I'm sorry. Listen, it, my show's not for you, Dave. If you're one of these, you know, we used to call them the... The, I, you can't use them, but the FF guys in the Secret Service. Everything's F this, F that, everything. Come, listen, shut up. We're tired of your complaining. And if you got a reputation as an FF guy, no one wanted you around. 
I, 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 I'm, listen, justice has moved at a glacial pace. I'm sorry. But what do you want? Barr's doing the best he can, and so is Trump. We're dealing with a massive bureaucracy in the state aligned almost exclusively against Donald Trump. You want to turn that train around in 10 minutes? Things are happening. Now, why is Comey going to turn on Brennan now? I've got some <laughs> killer stuff for you later. I don't mean to tease it, but I got to set it up in order. What if I told you I had a piece of information that in addition to the first FISA, where Jim Comey and the FBI, and I'll get to this a little later, where Jim Comey and the FBI knew by the State Department Kavalek memo that, that steal their source is unreliable. Remember, the first FISA is October, in the uh, late October, October 21st, right? Right. The first FISA relies almost exclusively on Christopher Steele's information. As I discussed on Monday's show, 978, which is doing record numbers for us, it's over for Steele. Because Steele tells Kavalek, Kathleen Kavalek at the State Department, 10 days before the FBI swears Steele's information is true in the FISA on October 11th, Steele tells Kavalek on October 11th, 10 days before they swear to the FISA, about Cohen in Prague and how this is all based on the election, how Hillary's paying for it. Mysteriously, none of that makes it into the FISA, number one. Like, hey, we got some concerns about this guy. The FBI not only doesn't issue the concerns, they say in the FISA they have no derogatory information on Steele at all. None. Nothing to talk. Nothing to see here, folks. Reminds me of Leslie Nielsen in a naked gun when the factories explode mine. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Nothing at all. Not only do they report no derogatory information, despite knowing Steele's motivations are political, they get a dossier from Steele eight days after he interviews with Kavalek, again, where Steele says he doesn't know where the Cohen meeting happened. Although he just told Steele eight days earlier it was in uh, Kavalek, excuse me, it was in Prague. Their re reliable source, air, dreaded air quotes, can't even remember his own story. He forgets the biggest detail of his own story. This is tidbit number one. I'm trying to paint a picture for you about how before they even swore to the first FISA in October, follow me, October of 2016. All right, Daddy-O. Jim Comey, who signs it, is crystal clear that their source is hot garbage. He's got nothing right. He can't remember the details. He's lying. He In the FISA, ladies and gentlemen, I have a note here. This is important. In the FISA, the FBI says that Source One, Steele, is only talking to his client, meaning Fusion GPS and the FBI. Joe, I know you're probably sitting there going, wait, wait, Dan, you just said Steele was talking to the State Department 10 days earlier. Mm, yeah, Dan. Who, by the way, is emailing the FBI, the State Department, about the transaction. How is that? I'll <laughs> get to that later with John Solomon's new piece. Please, How Joe. can that be, Joe? The FBI raised their right hand 10 days later after getting an email from the State Department that Steele was talking to them, saying Steele was only talking to Fusion and them. How is that? Here's Jim Comey. Jim Comey, FISA? Oh, this is great. Jim Comey, all good. Verified. Good Comey. <laughs> good man. Not only does Comey know before the first FISA that this is all garbage, that they're lying in it, that they have derogatory information on Steele, that Steele's talking to everybody and their mother, including the media. 
and they omit that. So the first FISA is garbage, but I have information to kind of take a circuitous route, but that setup's important. That by the time the third and fourth FISA, remember the FISA warrant to spy on Page is renewed three times. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. There's two renewals up until June of 2017. The first FISA is October uh, 2016. The last one, June of 2017. I've got some stunning information that Jim Comey is personally briefed in January of 2017 before the next two FISAs are, are, re, are, are re-upped, reissued. That Comey himself is personally briefed that steals sources are completely, entirely illegitimate. Folks, this is huge. The New York Times has kind of alluded to this a little bit in an April article. Now do you see, I know we have a header, the header, they're turning on each other. Brennan turns on Comey. Now I'm explaining to you why Comey's turning on Brennan. The subheader here I'm trying to explain to you is Comey in October knows this case is garbage. Swears to the FISA. Instead of going to the court in January for the renewals and having his agent say, Judge, we screwed up. There's been a mistake in this case. Our source is talking to the media. He's talking to the State Department. He can't keep his own story straight. His subsources are terrible. Oh, I'll get to that too. Oh, I got a bombshell for you there. Comey sends his people. Remember, Comey signs three of the four FISAs. Comey sends his people back to renew an application by January. He is absolutely sure is total, complete, hot garbage. Take it to the bank. One of Comey's, I I have to be careful with the details. One of Comey's chief deputies working on this case, the boss of bosses working on this case, has one of his people interview one of Steele's Russian sources. They do a 302. 302 is just FBI terminology for a summary of the interview. Follow me, Joe. Mm -hmm. I need you now. Yes, sir, dude. They summarize the interview with Steele's Russian sources. They find him. They interview him. They come to the conclusion that the source is lying. Maybe intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they do that? Why would the Russians intentionally lie to a guy who's feeding information to the United States? Maybe a disinformation campaign? Oh, we'll leave that for a few minutes from now. Comey knew, absolutely knew. Sign the check, spend the money. Comey knows in January. He already knows in October, the yeah. course. He absolutely knows. Now do you see why Devin Nunes needs the 302s? Yeah. He absolutely knows in January yes. that steel sourcing they're basing the spy warrant on is not only, not only lying, that it's probably disinformation. Russian intel playing these guys. And they renew it twice more. <sighs> the insurance policy, maybe? Maybe they needed it for the two hop Oh, oh, I got more. This may wind up being a two-part show. <laughs> Maybe we'll release the second part early. This is going to be... You think the Monday show was good? This is going to get a lot better. Now, not only does Comey absolutely know in January of 2017, All right. 
absolutely that Steele and his sources, he knows Steele's garbage from October. Now he knows the Russians are playing us through Steele. The subsources are illegitimate and lying. Comey never tells Bob Mueller. When Mueller's appointed in May, Comey doesn't tell Mueller this. I thought Mueller was investigating Russian interference in our election. Maybe the fact that Russian subsources feeding information to Steele, who's feeding it to the FBI. Joe, just, I'm just going to throw this out there for you. This yeah. is kind of a layup. All righty. Lay it up, buddy. You think if you're investigating, like Bob Mueller, Russian efforts to impact our election, a Russian disinformation campaign fed through Steele to the FBI to impact our election, do you think that would be of interest to Mueller? <laughs> that caveman Joe makes a comeback. See, regular Joe knows how Doug, Joe is protecting his neurons. Joe feels like if he answers this as a normal person, he'll lose 10 IQ points because he's like, clearly he's tricking me. The answer here is so obvious. So he whips out Neanderthal Joe and caveman Joe with a, a sub 60 IQ because caveman Joe is the only one capable of understanding the stupid. Of course, Bob Mueller would be interesting and in, interested in knowing that. Comey never tells him. Comey never tells the FISA court either. You think those 302s, those summaries of the information with the Russian sources feeding info to steel might be of a little bit of interest to people in the FBI and up on Congress? Wow. Oh, oh, what? Oh, dude, dude. Yeah? Rob Schneider, dude time. I'm with you, dude. Stand easy. We're not even... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm with you, dude. We're not even close to there yet. This is big. It gets worse. Whoa. All right, let me take a quick break here. Today's show, yeah, yeah stand by. Don't you go anywhere. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Policy Genius. Hey, it's spring. We love spring. The time of year when seeds grow into flowers and you grow up financially, at least. Your family needs protection if something happens to you, and that means you need life insurance. Policy Genius, super easy to use, very simple. They make it finding life insurance super easy. They make it easy to get financial security without the growing pains. Policy Genius is the easy way to buy life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Come on, who's better than you? Check that out. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. There's no commissions, no hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind. Is that what we want? No strings attached. Take care of your family. Get the peace of mind. Go look for life insurance. Come on, go to Policy Genius. Policy Genius doesn't just simplify life insurance. They make it easy to compare and buy home insurance auto insurance, and disability insurance, too. Don't forget that. Next time you stop to smell the roses, pull out your phone and head to policygenius.com. Policygenius.com. Spring is here. Kick it off by nipping life insurance in the bud. Policygenius.com. Check it out. Okay. Getting back to this. So we'll leave that. They're turning on each other. And it will just... Uh, you know, uh, tell them what you're I, I learned when I was teaching in the uh, in the Secret Service Academy. Tell them what you're going to tell them, which I mm-hmm. did. Tell them and then tell them what you told them. Here's what I just told you. Brennan and Comey are going to flip on each other. Comey's going to blame Brennan for feeding him unverified garbage they made decisions on. Brennan's going to flip on Comey saying, hey, look, I gave it to the FBI. This is their job. And they screwed it up. Brennan's already doing that. Brennan's such a coward, by the way. Uh-huh. Comey's awful. Brennan's all. I don't know who's more awful in the awfulness scale. But Brennan is such a pathetic, sniveling coward. I mean, just a grotesque human being. He really is awful. Okay, um, moving on. Why are they worried? 
I said to you before, I was going to get to you. Why are they worried now? Mm. Why are they freaking out now? Let me play this cut from a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I played it before of Attorney General Bill Barr up on Capitol Hill where he says something very interesting about what he's looking into. Some of you have seen this before, but it's worth replaying. Check this out. Can you share with us why you feel a need to do that? Well, uh, you know, for the same well, for the same reason, we're worried about foreign uh, influence in elections. We want to make sure that uh, during an election, I, I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, generation I grew up in, which was the Vietnam War uh, period, you know, people were all concerned about spying on uh, anti-war people and so forth by the government. And there were a lot of rules put in place to make sure that there's an adequate basis before before our law enforcement agencies get involved in poli- you know, political uh, surveillance. I'm not suggesting that uh, those rules were violated, but I think it's important to look at that. And I'm not just I'm not talking about the FBI uh, necessarily, but intelligence agencies more broadly. Oh, oh, you are. He's talking about intelligence agencies more broadly, not just. The FBI. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, it is. Now we find out as well. We find out that Durham, John Durham, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, who was appointed to look into this FISA abuse in this case. We just found this out recently. We just found out what on Monday. Mm. Now we find out this little mystery tidbit that Durham has been working on this for weeks and months. He has. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Like, stop teasing us, brother. I'm not. I'm just setting you up. Tee it up, babe. Yeah, man. John Durham is likely taking referrals from the IG investigation. Michael Horowitz is the inspector general who's been looking into this for a very long time. This FISA abuse process. As I said to you yesterday, Michael Horowitz is an investigator. He does, he's not a lawyer for the government. He doesn't have subpoena power or grand jury power. We know Horowitz's investigation is closing up, is wrapping up. His report should be issued shortly. In order for him to prosecute, he needs a U.S. attorney to issue either arrest warrants, subpoenas, and panel a grand jury. Does it make sense now that Durham's been on this for a couple of months? Maybe there have been referrals. To investigate that, that Durham's been looking at that involve other intelligence agencies too? Maybe Brennan? Maybe Brennan's failure to follow procedure? Now, I want to be clear on this. I think there are going to be people who are arrested and prosecuted for this, for leaking, for criminal leaks. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. But at a minimum, there is going to be an exposing of the grotesque failure of people at the upper echelons of law enforcement and the intel agencies. Again, don't mistake this for me saying people aren't going to be prosecuted. I believe people are. But at a minimum, procedures and policies are going to change forever in our intel community precisely because of the actions of Brennan and Comey. How Brennan bypassed normal intelligence channels to take unverified gossip and start a criminal uh, uh, counterintelligence investigation using the FBI's law enforcement powers. 
Jim Comey's failure to vet a source, and then he finds out the source is garbage and doubles down. All of this stuff is going to result in policy changes. They may result in charges of fraud on the court. I'm not sure about precisely where it's going to go, but make no mistake, the fact that Barr is looking at people outside the FBI into other intel agencies explains 100% why Brennan and Comey are freaking out and turning on each other right now. Wait till they're, yes, wait till they're in the interview room with Horowitz, uh, DOJ prosecutors. Oh, daddy-o. Wait till they're in the room answering questions. They are going to flip on each other so fast because neither one of them has a spine. That's what's going on. Oh, man. And that's why they've been there for months. All right. Now, you know what? If you don't mind, I'm going to take a quick break so we can motor right through this, okay? Uh, it's important our sponsors pay for the show. But Devin Nunes was on Hannity last night. And as Joe knows, and you regular viewers and listeners know, I rarely pay, play more than one, two, maximum of three cuts from the same interview. Yeah. Or else you might as well just play the whole interview. But Devin Nunes's hit on Hannity on Fox last night, appearance, his appearance was uh, so profound and revelatory that I have, I actually had six cuts I had to cut it down to five to save for a best of. I have five, and each one of them has its own little nuclear bomb in it. I'm going to get to that in a second. Don't forget the translator. You want to fire it up now? You Fire up to get ready. Get the translator ready. We're going to get right to it. Don't go anywhere, folks. All right, brother. Yeah, I just got today's show finally brought to you by our buddies at BattleBox. Hey, listen, most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you'll never use, but not BattleBox. It's a monthly subscription a box for men full of solid gear. I have one of these. It's great. I opened a box. It was like Christmas time. For adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts. BattleBox is your monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. It introduces you to the best new products, new gear, and innovative companies at a much lower cost than if you were to buy them individually. Who doesn't want to open up a box with a bunch of survival gear, adventure gear? Uh, it's a surprise every month. Go to trybattlebox.com slash Dan and pick the box you want. They start at just $25 per month. Plus, they release a video for each new box so you can see what's coming and how to use it. They've shipped over a half a million boxes, and they won Best Men's Subscription Box of 2017. Sign up today and be ready for anything. We like BattleBox. BattleBox, right now, our listeners get a free tactical knife when you sign up for your first BattleBox at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. That's try, B-A-T-T-L, there's no E there, box.com, trybattlebox.com slash Dan. Check it out right now. Get your first BattleBox plus a free tactical knife at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. It's like Christmas every month when the battle boxes arrive. You're going to love the stuff they put in there. It's really terrific. Okay, let's get right to it. So Nunes is on Hannity last night, drops a bunch of tactical nukes. Let's just get right to cut one. I'll have each cut an explanation afterwards about what each means, what he's saying. Before we get going, though, Joe, can you please activate the Nunes translator? Initiating Nunes translator, Dan. Thank you. Joe paid millions for this thing. Yes, I did. You have to learn to translate what Nunes is saying because he's seeing classified information. He has to be a little cryptic. Here's cut one where he talks about how the FISA warrants issued to spy on the Trump team weren't just based on Steele's information, but there's something else in there as well. Notably what Jim Comey calls the mosaic, what Andy McCabe calls the articulable facts, <laughs> and what John Brennan calls the corpus of intelligence. <laughs> but oddly enough, Nunes says the stuff they used as the corpus, the mosaic, and the articulable facts are even worse than the steel stuff. Play this cut. 
On the FISA application, remember, you have Comey, who has called this a mosaic. So Comey's mosaic. He Remember when we came out with our memo uh, that brought forward the fact that they had used the Clinton paid for dossier, the, the DIRT, opposition research, and then they had leaked that to press outlets, and then they picked up those press reports and used it in the FISA application. Comey said, oh, no, no, it was, it was a mosaic. There was so much more information there. Well, there is more information there that we think is equally as bad as using opposition research. Really? Wow. So let's just think about that. Now, mm. I, again, regular listeners, this is not new to you. I did a show about, remember the Golden File, Joe? I didn't know what else mm-hmm. to call it. <laughs> yes. The Golden File Show, where I discussed that there's information out there, likely not from Steele, I think this is what Nunes is referring. We had the Nunes translator activate. I'm trying to help you out here. Okay. There is a golden file of information out there that has appeared in FISA warrants and elsewhere. Maybe the president may have seen it. Uh, well, well, you know what? If I can get to that, I'll get to that later. I'll put a little note, but I got a lot to get to. But this golden file of information. How bad does this have to be, Joe, to be worse than? unverified, debunked, discredited disinformation from Christopher Steele. <laughs> how bad? I mean, how what? bad does this have to get? It's like, listen, sir, we're going to have to terminate your life. We're going to do it by a chainsaw or we're going to we're going to drown you in hydrochloric acid. You're like, geez, there's a third option here. <laughs> like, what's the third option? <laughs> you know, we're going to dump you into a pit of sharks and, and, and chum the waters. For, I mean, how bad is this going to get? Dude, folks, I've already addressed this, this golden file of information. What is it? Here's what I think he's talking about vis-a-vis the Dan Bongino, Joe Armacost Nunes translator. As I said to you before in the open, it is clear now that the FBI was using a different source as well, other than steel. Now, were they getting information from that source or or were they listening in? This is the, I'm going to give you an either or. Either they're using a different source that's intentional Russian disinformation direct. Or is this one of Steele's subsources? One of these Russians, Steele says he's getting the information from about Trump. Are they listening in on some of those calls? Oh, record this section and play it back a thousand times. Are they listening in on some of these subsources or some of these Russians who know they're listening in and are therefore feeding them again intentional disinformation to sow discord what did- and get the FBI to spy on a presidential campaign? Oh, what? remember that golden file episode starting to ring a bell now? I'm going to leave that there <laughs> because I'm going to come back to it. Uh, please. But keep this in your mind. Yeah, you have to ask yourself now, Joe. Yeah. What could possibly be worse? Oh, man. Than intentional disinformation from a British spy used to spy on a presidential campaign. Who else Holy cow. was the FBI using as a source or listening in on? Hold on to that because uh. I'm playing in order. This is how the interview went. I'm not getting out of order intentionally, I'm just trying to play it in sequence. Clut number two. Notice what Nunes says here about the insurance policy, how the insurance policy isn't just the FISA. It's a bigger thing. 
And those regular listeners, remember, keep the two-hop rule in your head as Nunes is talking to Hannity on this one. It is the bulk, but remember, what we believe the rest of it is to fill that fills out Comey's mosaic is actually the true definition of the insurance policy. So remember the talk of the insurance policy uh, by Strzok and Page on the text messages? We believe that insurance policy is not just about investigating the Trump campaign. We believe it is to ensure that they were able to get uh, the the FISA warrant on Carter Page so that they could go in and look at all the emails in the campaign. Wow. Isn't that special? What is he talking about there? Ladies and gentlemen, when you get a warrant, a FISA warrant on someone, you can implement, excuse me, what they'll call either the two-hop rule, the two-jump rule. I don't care what you call it. Google it and read the details yourself. But what that enables you to do is if I get a FISA warrant on Carter Page, who's a member of the Trump team, I can read who he emails and who he texts and and listen to who he calls. But I can also hop from those people to other people and from those people to other people. Meaning once you get one person in the Trump team, you're basically listening in and monitoring on the entire Trump team. Mm -hmm. Now let's go back to how I started the show. Jim Comey knows absolutely by January. By the way, this is in my book in stunning detail. My new book, Exonerated, The Failed Takedown of Donald Trump. Please, please pick it up. It's important. We put a lot of work into this in really troubling detail. Comey knows in January that all of this stuff is bunk. But in order to continue to listen in on both the transition And the incoming president, too? Remember, middle of January, Donald Trump swears in as president of the United States. Yeah. They keep the FISA warrants going through June of 2017? (laughs) What exactly were they listening in on? Was the insurance policy an insurance policy to guarantee impeachment, hoping by listening in to the president of the United States during the transition period and during his presidency, too? That they would gather information that could be used later on to impeach the president of the United States? Does it make sense now why sweeps were being conducted in the White House for listening equipment? While efforts were being conducted to insert an FBI liaison to the transition team that was not a political guy, but was a surveillance guy? Remember the John Solomon piece? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why they're obsessed with Katie's husband. Katie's husband, a guy named Josh Pitcock, who's the vice president's chief of staff. How they can check for changes in demeanor at the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, they're spying on the president. Insurance policy. I just need you to digest that one a second before we even go to that. I don't know where to put this one. You know what? Let's do it now because then the rest will make sense. Paula, do you have the Washington Examiner uh, piece with the sensitive source and, and stroke? This is important. So Washington Examiner has a great piece up by Dan Shadlin. Uh, it's covering this. It's in my show notes. Please read the show notes today. They're spectacular. Bongino.com. Read the show notes. Join my email list. I'll send them right to you. Piece by Dan Shadlin. 
Devin Nunes, Peter Stroke's insurance policy was about getting into Trump campaign emails. That's the headline of Pete. Covers what I just told you. How the insurance policy was about spying on El Presidente. Oh. Now, there's a little screenshot from the piece I want to put up on the YouTube. Uh, follow us, youtube.com slash Bongino. If you want to watch the visuals, you don't have to. I describe it all in audio as well. Peter Stroke refers in his own testimony in August of 2016. He, excuse me, in a, in, in a, he's talking about it. Peter Stroke is talking about an August of 2016 text. Let me be precise in my language here. Stroke is up on Congress. Remember Peter Stroke with his testimony, with his, with his smirks and all his grins? Yeah. Peter Stroke's the lead FBI investigator investigating Donald Trump. In August of 2016, he sends a text the insurance policy text. The insurance policy, I'm telling you, was an effort to spy on the incoming president, the president of the United States. When he's asked about that text in the congressional testimony, what were you talking about, Peter? What was the insurance policy? He says it was, quote, part of a larger conversation about protecting a, quote, extremely sensitive source. Those are his words. As he and Page considered how far to lean into the counterintelligence investigation into possible links between the Trump campaign and Russia, as they didn't think Trump had a very good chance of beating Hillary Clinton in the election. So their insurance policy I guess in case they find out that Steele is unverified garbage and his information, which they know in October when they get the FISA warrant, but they unquestionably know in January, in an effort to continue their spying into the Trump administration, incoming Trump administration, into the Trump presidency, they need to develop other sources, maybe golden file information passed on to them. Let me show you a tweet from a great account who's done some great investigative work. Our friend um, at John W. Huber on Twitter. If you're not following the account, you're making a big mistake. Uh, he's, he's, it goes by Undercover Huber. But he has this interesting tweet up. State Department Kavalek notes. Remember, Christopher Steele interviews with Kathleen Kavalek 10 days before the FISA warrants issued from the State Department. We showed you Kavalek's notes, and I'll show you this note in a second. Imply that Christopher Steele used former Russian Deputy Prime Minister Vladislav Surkov as a source for the dossier? Undercover Huber notes, if that's true, Steele and the FBI got a big problem because Surkov is on the U.S. sanctions list. Now, flip over to that note from Kathleen Kavalek. Here are Kavalek's notes she's getting from her interview with Christopher Steele 10 days before the FISA. Mm -hmm. Look what's circled. Oh. Sources. Surkov. A former Russian upper echelon government bureaucrat with direct ties to the Kremlin is a source for Steele? Kavalek sends the notes to the FBI. She's emailed the FBI. Now, oh, this is fascinating. Tweet number two from our friend Undercover Huber. Keep in mind, I have no idea who this guy or woman is. None. But the information's stunning. Oh, Joe, yeah. Surkov, this Russian guy, once wrote a novel under a fake name about a protagonist in public relations who bribes journalists. But I'm not sure that's relevant to the CA at all. Dude, dude. <laughs> this case can't get any better. This is a spy oh. story for idiots. Not for you to consider. It's fascinating. I'm not saying you're... 
It is a spy story occupied by idiots, I should say. Again, this isn't a James Bond story. It's a Bond James story. <laughs> this isn't Jack Ryan. This is Ryan Jack. Oh, my. So just to be clear, a Russian upper echelon bureaucrat with direct ties to the Kremlin is feeding information to steal. The guy's on the U.S. sanctions list and once wrote a book about manipulating media. Oh, my gosh. Now, you may say, well, damn, why did you put that after the Washington Examiner article where Peter Stroke talks about a, quote, protecting an extremely sensitive source? Was Surkoff their source? Was a Russian bureaucrat from the Kremlin feeding them disinformation? Jim Comey absolutely knows in January is disinformation is a Russian effort to feed us lies, to manipulate us. Does Jim Comey know this? Is this the golden file of information? The Surkov file? This, this is too much to process, dude. I mean, this is it's unbelievable. I, I like it. You jumped in because I need, I do. I need a pregnant pause, but we don't like dead air. Sometimes yeah. Joe just. Now, in case you're saying, well, Dan, you have no guarantee that the State Department representative, Kavalek, who writes in a note that a Russian Kremlin connected propagandist for the, who wrote a book about being a propagandist, is feeding information to the FBI's main source to spy on Trump. You're like, this can't be. There's no way the FBI knew that and still went forward with the FISA 10 days later. John Solomon's piece at the Hill yesterday. Oh, this is a gem. This is a beaut. State Department's red flag on steel went to a senior FBI man well before FISA warrant. Ding, 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 ding. You Whoa. can't line it up any better than we're lining up right now. Oh, dude. I was waiting for the tie-in, and I know everybody else was too. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, okay, she knew, but the FBI knew. From uh, the John Solomon piece. Uh, In all Washington investigations, the essential questions become who knew it and when did they know it? In the case of FBI informant Christopher Steele and the credibility of his now disproven Russian collusion allegations against Trump, we have some important clarity. Government officials confirm that an October 2016 email from Kavalek revealing that Steele met with State Department officials, a breach of protocol for an informant, was sent to an FBI counterintelligence supervisor. Multiple sources confirmed to Solomon that the recipient of the State Department email was Special Agent Stephen Laycock, then the FBI Section Chief for Eurasian Counterintelligence, and now one of the Bureau's top executives as the Assistant Director for Intel under... Christopher Ray, who some people mysteriously think is a good guy. The one who said, well, I wouldn't call it spying. You know who Laycock from the FBI sends that email on to? It's later in the piece, but I, I don't want to, I, I could put those, this piece is in the show notes too from Solomon. Must read, must read. He sends it to Peter Stroke. Oh, Peter Stroke, the same guy protecting an extremely sensitive source? <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? So let's just sum this one up here. 
So we have a, a, a British spy dealing with a known Russian propagandist who writes a book on how to manipulate media people. Surkoff's dealing with Steele. Steele tells the State Department, Kavalek. Kavalek takes a note, puts the guy's name in a note, sends it to the FBI counterintelligence guy who sends it to the lead investigator for Trump who goes out anyway 10 days later and they swear to a warrant in a FISA court signed by Jim Comey that the information is still somehow legitimate and they should spy on Donald Trump. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I, I can't, I, I cannot get over it. All right, I got more. And I, I, but shockingly, it even it gets even better. I told you that this is why I, I, I rarely do this, <laughs> play whole interviews. But yeah. if you missed this last night on Hannity, you missed the whole kit and caboodle. This is so off the wall. I don't know what drop to use. <laughs> and I don't I, think I, I've I, ever I know, thought I know. of that before. Because even I, like we were even out muttleying muttley at the you need like a super muttley. Damn, this like is like a muttley times three, like a muttley sped up three and four times. Like, <laughs> because there's nothing, no sound drop deep not- enough for the stupidity we're witnessing here, dude. Oh, I told you they were going to turn on each other. All right, here's another cut from Nunes, and just to set this one up again, one of the things I've been telling you on this show the whole time is that there's only two possible theories about the Steele dossier, the series of memos written up about the PP tape and Carter Page and Manafort that were sent to the FBI that the FBI confirms were the basis for his FISA warm. There are only two theories out there that are plausible. Number one is that Steele wrote the dossier himself. And number two is that he didn't, that someone else helped him. Now, if Steele wrote the dossier himself, he has a really awful memory and can't remember his own story because for the umpteenth time, Steele tells Kathleen Kavalek on October 11th about Cohen meeting someone in Prague and then eight days later writes a dossier saying he's unsure of the date and location of the meeting as is up on the screen now. Well, you weren't unsure eight days ago about the biggest detail of your story. I suggested to you repeatedly that the reason Steele is unsure in his Steele dossier eight days later after he is sure about the location is because Steele didn't write the dossier. He may have written portions of it, but I have absolutely no doubt that Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS had a role in this. Why? Because in Glenn Simpson's 2007 Wall Street Journal article when he was a reporter, Glenn Simpson runs Fusion GPS, which is being paid by Hillary to dredge up information on Trump. If you read his 2007 Wall Street Journal article, Simpson, you'll notice 2007 article. Again, I'm not saying this wrong, that it reads suspiciously like the dossier. Same players, same schemes. In other words, 2007 article from Glenn Simpson's a movie script, a movie script they shopped to Hillary. Because Hillary needed negative information on Trump. And basically, they swap because Donald Trump wasn't running for president in 2007. They swap out the political people in 2007. He replaces it with this new movie script called The Dossier in 2016-2015. I didn't say that wrong. And he puts Trump's name in there. That would explain why Christopher Steele's story is different eight days later. Because he didn't write the second story The Dossier Simpson did. Now... Having set that up, I now want you to listen to this clip by Devin Nunes, and maybe it'll make more sense. Just to be clear, 
I think he's hinting at the fact via the Nunes translator here that it's really not Steele's information in there. And I'll tell you why that's important when we come back. It's horrible what they have done to many Americans. But but let me let me just say this about this, Sean. So this is we've been living for three years with the perverted fantasies of Glenn Simpson and the Clinton campaign talking about P tapes and you know supposedly you know reporters were all over Europe looking for these P tapes. I mean this is really gross stuff. And and you showed that clip of, of Biden out on the campaign trail, when you have Americans that are out there saying, I think that Vladimir is controlling President Trump, we can't live for six six more years of this. Those people have been poisoned by these, by this, by just the 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 fantasies of Glenn Simpson and the Clinton campaign. So at some point, the FBI and the fusion, this fusion network, they intertwined. Okay, and they were working in conjunction together on this. And I think that's what uh, the U.S. Attorney Durham is supposed to get to the bottom of. Wait. Devin Nunes, who knows this case better than anybody. Devin Nunes just said that the P tape stuff, which is in the dossier written by Steele, right, Joe? It's called the Steele dossier, right? That's correct, Dan. Thank you, sir. But that's not what Nunes just said. At the end, he says they are perverted fantasies of Glenn Simpson. How is that? How is that? I thought the dossier was written by Steele. Why is this important? Because if my theory is correct, that Christopher Steele did not fully write the dossier, it's not his information, we've got an even bigger problem. Problem number one, in October, the FBI knows Steele's lying about his contacts with the media. Mm -hmm. They know they're lying at the court because they say he's not talking to anybody but them and their client. He's talking to the State Department. They know he can't keep his story straight, that the details of his story constantly change. They know by January that his subsources are illegitimate or lying, and one of them's potentially a Russian propagandist. They go through all of this. But here's the fourth big lie. They're telling the court clearly in their FISA document that they have no derogatory information about Christopher Steele and that Christopher Steele is their source and that he's reputable because he's worked with them before, which he had. He had worked with the FBI on the soccer corruption, the FIFA case, the governing body for world soccer. Why does this matter? Because, folks, when you're a federal agent and you develop a source, you can't just walk a source into court and say, well, Bobby told me that a guy's dealing drugs. Everybody would rat on their neighbors for anything to get them into trouble. Your source has to have a credibility background with that federal agent or that local cop. The cop, the agent walks into court and says, I have worked with source one before. He has done this, this, and this. Therefore, we trust his information now. Please, Joe, does that make sense? Yeah, sure. He has to have essentially a source resume. Yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to walk into court and say, well, Joey said it. That's called hearsay. That hearsay holds more credibility in a probable cause warrant when that hearsay has been established by hearsay in the past you verified. Mm. It doesn't doesn't absolve you the obligation to verify the current information. But the FBI didn't do that either. What am I getting at here? 
If the dossier they swore to in court was true, wasn't written by their source, but was written by Simpson, and they swore it was by Steele, this is our source. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the biggest problem of all. They're swearing in court. Their source is telling them the truth, and it's not even his information. Holy moly. The Nunes translator, the best investment Joe and I ever made. Mm-hmm. Nunes is very careful today, yesterday, to say it's Glenn Simpson's perverted fantasies. That was not a mistake. Folks, believe it or not, I have more. I, I don't want I don't like cliffhangers, but I'm gonna have to do a part two to this because I, I would be shortchanging you, and I I I've been intent from the start to keep this show compressed into an hour co- so it can fit your ride home. Um, my apologies for that. I'm I'm genuinely not trying to tease you into like, hey, watch tomorrow. So we can, that's not what I'm doing here. I have a few more cuts, and they're all equally as bad as the stuff I talked about before. Believe it or not, please do not miss tomorrow's show. And please, I humbly and respectfully ask that you spread this around, because the mainstream media is not covering the mainstream outside of Fox is not covering anything. We're talking about. Please go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe. It's free. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on iHeart and SoundCloud as well, or audio show. And please share this with your friends. We'll try to put some cuts on Facebook too. We put some up yesterday. You can share. Thank you so much, folks. Today's a really important show. The dam's finally breaking on these guys and ladies. I promise you. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.